is a real honour to be sharing this morning. And, and all I kind of want to say is this workshop, I'm just going to be sharing um, just some of my own truths and revelations that I've had um, <coughs> in my relationship with Jesus. And I just hope that'll be of some encouragement. Um, I'm going to give some advice, but again, like, um, I just want you to just receive that and means an experience 
to shape that word mentor, I thought that I'd just provide a few other words um, for what mentor means. So a mentor can actually mean teacher, a mentor can mean counsellor, and a mentor can actually mean a leader. And it's funny because um, when you hear those words, I feel like, oh, I've heard those words when I've read the scriptures or I've heard other people talk about Jesus as a teacher. Like, you know, he was out there teaching for synagogues and, you know, I've heard, uh, heard Jesus as a leader because, you know, he was the most perfect and divine leader and still is. So just even to help us shape of what that word um, mentor means, in Matthew 9.38,
very vital in wisdom when you have relationship. And as well, you know, effective leaders, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen leaders who have been good and bad, and, and as yourselves, we're all leaders. For us to be effective, we need to have relationship with the people that we're leading, and also we need relationship with the people who are leading us, because that's when trust is developed, and um, yeah, and people can be effective in those areas. Um, so, just a little example, a couple of years ago, I moved down to Canberra, and one of my many career moves was to become a nurse, and that only lasted 12 months, but it was a great 12 months. Um, and so during that 12 months, um, there was a lot of theory in the course, there wasn't too much crack. But the one thing that really stuck with me uh, during that time was this thing called the therapeutic relationship. Is anyone a nurse in here? Or a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Non-stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the therapeutic relationship. You're like, oh my goodness. And you read about it, you write essays about this thing called the therapeutic relationship. And honestly, um, at the end of that 12 months, I had to do my two-week prac on a, on a ward down in Canberra. And so during that two weeks, as you're a you know, first-year first year student, you don't do a lot. You mostly pretty much just follow another nurse around as they do their obs and they take their blood pressure and then they you know, check the respiratory rate and you put on a chart. And you do that for pretty much everyone and it takes a lot of time. So anyway, so my first, first week, that's pretty much what I did. I just like, was shadowed around my little nurse and like, did little, little bits and pieces. But pretty... Toward the end of that week, it was then um, my turn, and and when I during that time when I watched the nurse, how she interacted with the patient, how she was able to um, like build that build that trust, and then they, you know had that had a little laugh, had little in jokes, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, I'll I'll, I'll do that. So as I like remembered how she'd um, done it, I I then when it was my turn, I was like, okay, like just think of you know what Jenny, let's call her Jenny, Jenny did um, last time when she went to. So I went over to him and I was like, hey, how are you going? It's been so long. And he was just like, who are you? <laughs> and there was this immediate, like, kind of, like, wall that kind of just, you know, got put up around him. He was just like, I don't know who you are and why are you putting this thing on my arm? And, and it was honestly such a lesson to me because I was like, oh, we haven't really built up a relationship and we haven't really built that trust yet from what Jenny the nurse had built up over weeks and weeks and weeks working with his patient. And I think that was just such a reminder to me that in order <laughs> for us um, to, to receive um, wisdom, for us to receive teaching, there must be a relationship. Um, you know, for example, like if you're going to walk down the street and, you know, you met someone and they were like, look, consider um, you know the career path that you're walking down or how you're using your finances I'd be like I'm sorry who are you like who are you like what what is your credibility to speak into my life and so what I really want to stress and em emphasize today is that for us to be mentored by Jesus for us to grow we need to have relationship and as we grow in our relationship with Jesus the more likely um, Jesus can use us and the more um, you know the more attentive we are to his spirit and what he has to say um, yeah like and as well when 
when I became a Christian, when I was about 12 years old at a, at a church summer camp, I always thought Jesus as being this kind of um, person in a far and distant land and, you know, he couldn't really actually hear me or um, that he really didn't really care about the everyday of my life. But what I really noticed over these 13 years so far that I've, that I've been following Jesus is that he actually, he designed us for a relationship, he pursues us for a relationship. And that's what, um, you know, the gospel is all about. It is about relationship and it is about grace. Um, so yeah, let me encourage you in that as well. So before I move on just to some little practical parts, I just want to quickly recap. So again, Jesus has all the qualif qualifications per se of being a mentor. Jesus wants to grow us in relationship with him in order for him to disciple and mentor us. We're good? Cool. Alright. Now I'm thinking about some areas in which uh, we can actually grow in our relationship with Jesus. Um, prior to this talk, I was just spending some time alone and I was thinking about some, some I guess, like key points in, in which I find have found effective and also that I really feel passionate about that um, in ways that we can position ourselves um, to be, I guess, like receptive and, and sensitive and open and vulnerable to what God has to say to us. And I felt like the first thing um, God reminded me of is, is he was saying, you know, look at, my, look at the scriptures and see how my son did it. You know, um, I think in John 5.19, Jesus told the disciples, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he says the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So there's this beautiful like um, connection that the father and the son have through the scriptures. And you can see that in multiple um, times, uh, even through the gospels, where Jesus would kind of move, remove himself from the noise, the crowds, and even closest friends, um, he'd remove himself in a place of solitude and of quietness to seek the Father's heart and to hear um, and to grow and to really just spend time alone um, with God and chatting with him. And yeah, and, and, and what I wanted to challenge us with is, do you spend time alone with God? Do you spend time... Um, praying to him? Do you spend time, um, you know, each day, doesn't have to be each day, but like, do you spend time, designated time in order to give priority to your relationship with God? Because that should be your number one priority. And um, to be honest, like, I find that really difficult. I do. Um, you know, amongst well, now I'm working full time, but you know, even when I was at uni, trying to juggle uni and like friend, like making sure you keep up with your friendships and like also, um, you know, part time work and everything, it can be a real juggle. And I find that sometimes, even in the mornings, it's such a struggle to get up. And you gotta get out of the door, and then when you come home, it's like you gotta make dinner, and then you gotta like. Know, vacuum the floor that hasn't been vacuumed for like five weeks and then then you get to like 10 o'clock and you're already thinking about the next day like I'm just too exhausted I have to go to bed and that um, and that time is just lost like this and then you know days go by and then weeks and then you get to the end of the month and you're like goodness I'm exhausted 
feel really, you know, lost and almost distant from God. And, you know, I say, I say to myself all the time, like, Ali, you need to book that time in, like that date pretty much, with God to spend time with him. And, I, and, and I've seen the fruit of what um, spending time alone with Jesus can actually have, um, you know, in, in, my, in my receptiveness to, to the Holy Spirit um, and how I do my life. Um, for example, um, in the June long weekend, my husband and I went up to the Blue Mountains and we hired this place called The Shed. And The Shed was your, like, quintessential Blue Mountains experience. So there was the fireplace, it was cold, like wet and rainy, and like no TV, although there was this ginormous like cool down screen where you could watch movies, it was like the best thing ever, although that, you know, that was designated time for that. But um, it was amazing. And, and during that time, we'd gone up there to be like, to spend some time intention, intentionally with God in his word, to retreat, um, and to reflect and to also refill ourselves um, with God's vision and his purpose for our lives. And the awesome thing that came out of that is that as we spent time um, together um, with God, out of that weekend we came out with it was like five like sentences of, of kind of like our family values. And now we've kind of designed it, we're going to print it out and put it in our, in our house, our apartment, um, and those things, we felt like God, we, we were like, God, we just want some direction, we want some kind of almost cornerstones of, of what we're building together as a family, and, you know, we've only been married for a year and a half, but we really felt like, what are the actual key um, messages that God has uniquely put on our family and our relationship that he wants to build upon and grow in order for us to stay the path. So that's just one example, but I just want to really, really encourage you to really put that time in, in your life, in your time, you know, it, it might look different. I don't want to put a box around what spending time with Jesus is, but it's different for all of us, and that could be on the train, it could be a week away, it could be whatever, but spend that time away from distraction and from life and invest in that relationship Now the second um, part that I um, think that's um, yeah important when we come to grow in a relationship with Jesus is understanding our identity. Now um, I feel like identity can be a whole other talk in itself, but I just really want to just touch on it, um, and I want to remind us that in in terms of identity, we just need to remind ourselves of those simple but huge truths and I think um, the first thing is is that um, that truth that truth of you're a child of God you are loved and we are saved by grace now those things in themselves like you could write books on but I just wanted to focus on, on, on those things and just remind and bring that to the table um, yeah one of those truths that I, that really actually um, I didn't actually fully understand the impact of it. it was a couple of years, well, growing up, um, I grew up in a very lovely family and as any kind of young daughter would, would want, um, all I wanted was my, for my dad to be proud of me. And um, all I 
us to be, um, you know, awesome at everything. And I thought that that would win the approval of my father. And honestly, like, I put my dad on a pedestal. I thought he was the bee's knees. I thought he was the perfect guy. Um, I thought he was everything, really. Um, and it wasn't until, it's probably like four or five years ago now, um, there was a huge family breakdown in my family. And um, my, my dad had actually done something which was terrible and he broke, he broke the whole family. He broke um, the image of what I thought, thought my dad was, um, was completely destroyed and completely shattered. And from that, much hurt and much pain and from a long journey from that point to where I am now, um, I'm still growing in that. Through that, God reminded me that he, like I am a child of God, even though you know I'm just as broken as, as my earthly dad, but I am a child of God and my father in heaven is perfect. He never fails us and he is perfect. And for me, it, you know, that simple truth of I'm a child of God, God loves me, and I'm saved by grace was just was a new outpouring and, and was a new revelation to me. And obviously it doesn't need to be through a you know a very heartbreaking and dramatic experience like that, but I just want to remind us again, you're a child of God, you are loved by God, you're saved by grace. And that should be um, when we come come before God, we should remember those things and be sure of our identity and those things as well. Um, now the third thing um, that I had was, was to be vulnerable. Now for any relationship to be effective and for us to grow, there needs to be some level of vulnerability. I feel like um, even in a society where we even feel like we have to be X, Y, Z or, or kind of feel like we have to present ourselves in a way that everything's okay. We need to be real with Jesus and we need to be real with people around us for us in order for us to grow and in order for us to really essentially, um, you know, be used for God's kingdom. Um, you can see... You know, I, you know, I've seen so many um, examples with friends in my own life where I've just noticed that um, as much as a, as a wall has been built around themselves and around their heart, you can see um, the level of brokenness that we all have. And you know, and and for Jesus, he's you know, he went after the people that was super like really broken, and not that there's a level of brokenness, but you know, we're all on that. Um, but you know, Jesus hung out with the tax collectors. He hung out with the, the worst of the worst, really. And um, you know, and sometimes you know, outsiders, people around us might say, "Well, actually, because you're a tax collector, your identity is that." But Jesus doesn't look at you doing being a tax collector. He looks at you and says, oh, "You're a child of God, and and I designed you for this." Um, and with that vulnerability, it takes time, and it takes time uh, for us to lower our walls. It takes time for that. So I just also want to encourage you to give yourself grace when you do that. Now, the fourth thing um, is obedience. And I know Emma touched on it a little bit um, in the seminar just before, um, where she 
was so obedient, he was, you know, even even to death, he was obedient. And and I feel like um, when we're in relationship, we're able to receive things from God, and we're able to then be obedient in the small things that He has given us, for Him to then give us the bigger things where He's like, I need you to be be obedient in this, I need you to be obedient in that, and and we, through that process, our relationship and our trust grows deeper. In Matthew 4.20, it says, Come with me, as we've been talking about. I'll make a new kind of fisherman of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of fish. And do you know what? Those disciples, they didn't ask questions. They simply dropped their nets and followed. Now, isn't that just a real act of obedience? They dropped their livelihood. They dropped their... um, you know, what they'd been doing for years and years and years. They dropped everything that they knew because Jesus said, come, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I've got, I've got awesome things for you. I want, I want to lead you into something that's greater than this. So I want to ask, what are, what are some things that Jesus is requiring you to, to drop? Just as like those um, disciples did. Those disciples drop their nets. Is there something um, that you need to be vulnerable with to God to drop and leave at the foot of the cross? Now, being um, obedient, you know, isn't always easy. As you can see, um, Jesus was obedient um, even to death. So, and I can imagine that most of us have lived lives long enough to realize that walking with um, Jesus is no easy task. You know, walking with Jesus involves an array of setbacks, disappointments, um, and battling against powerful oppression. And it's Jesus himself that says we can expect there to be trouble along the way, and taking up one's cross is no easy matter. But God also says things like in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, again, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and burden is light. And just to help us, sometimes I find reading a different translation helpful, so I just also included the message version, and it says this, Are you tired? Who's tired? <laughs> Worn out? Burned out on religion and those, and those daily things that we can easily get caught up. Come to me. Get away with me. Again, you can see that like retreating with Jesus. Come to me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And just like the first point when we were talking about how we need to see, you know, first examples in the relationship with Jesus and his father. He continues, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And you know what, I think sometimes, you know, in that, I think it suggests that, you know, even through our own pride, ambitions, our 
desires, we can make this relationship harder than it needs to be. Sometimes we take on loads and burdens that aren't us, like that aren't ours for us to carry. You know, we do things that we um, haven't been asked by Jesus to do. And it might be difficult to know this, um, but we actually will know his help and companionship in doing it. We know that if we just end up going through life doing the things that others expect us to do or feel we must do in order to satisfy our own muddled inner voices. Through that we'll experience a lot of fatigue and we'll get to, our, to a point where we'll wonder to ourselves, what's the point in all this? And through this way, discipleship can become nearly hard work. And pursuing a relationship can be nearly hard work. Jesus didn't have it easy when he was on earth. But because he did only what the Father wished him to do, his effort bore good, good fruit. And, I, and it was funny, like I think just even sitting in, in this morning and listening to Emma, I didn't know what Emma was actually um, preaching on, but I, there was a lot of you know elements where I was like, oh, that's a real correlation. Like, um, and, I, and I think that's a real thing. Like, um, you know, what's it going to cost? And I don't want to focus on the, the negativity of, of what the cost is or what the cost might bear, but what is the good, good fruit going to come from that? And I think, you know, and, and that should be actually the focus. What is the good, good fruit that can come from this? So just to really quickly recap, um, yeah, we spoke about Jesus as a mentor and because of his great love for us, he wants the best for us and he wants to be in relationship with us and he wants to grow us and mentor us. And you know, some of those helpful ways that we um, we looked at was to first see the example that Jesus set for us. We need to come before Jesus and recognize our identity and worth. We need to be vulnerable with Jesus. And we need to be obedient in the things that he wants to guide, teach and counsel us on. Guys, this is a process. I'm still learning this. This is only my thoughts from what I felt like um, to share today. And it's, you know, there's no end goal. We'll always keep journeying and learning. So we can only start now if this is something that um, you haven't maybe explored or hadn't realized before. And it's okay. We'll probably fail a lot of times. Like I was mentioning before, like I really struggled to put that time in day to um, spend time with Jesus but it's okay and there is there is so much grace for us um, but yeah I, I just want to encourage you that there is by spending time with Jesus building our relationship with him we can bear such good good fruit so that's kind of just what I wanted to share and I, I know it wasn't long but in essence I, I did really want to give you the time to actually go and and do that and um, spend some time, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes before we head in. I know that we have to head in at like quarter two. Um, so that's like in 20, 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, just to spend some time alone with Jesus. And, and maybe it's that thing of, okay, Lord, out of those four different areas, what's even just one area in which that you'd like me to grow in? Maybe it's trying to be a little bit more obedient in what he's saying. 
schedule a coffee day with me in your diary and literally put it in your diary. Um, maybe it is, um, maybe there's some parts in your life where you feel like you're not being maybe as open or vulnerable with Jesus. Maybe there are parts that are still hurting. Um, you know, and, and, and again, like what's, uh, just as the disciples you know, drop their nets, maybe there is something that God's saying, I need you to drop that. So, in saying that, um, what I'll do is, if you'd like um, to stay and just reflect and you want some prayer, um, I'm just going to put a little bit of music on for my phone um, for us to do that. But if you would actually just like to go out and journal or whatever, I want to encourage you to do that too. So, there's two options.